Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of About to Review. I'm your host, that guy named John, and on this episode, it is a special one. I'm joined by two of my returning guests and friends, and I'm going to introduce first. She recently has been spending time, you know that containment unit in Ghostbusters and the cartoon where they went kind of the weird dimension? That is where she has been. Welcome back, Carmen. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Uh, how was the dimension? Was that okay? Uh, weird, freaky. I've made a lot of friends. Oh, good. That is, that is awesome. And the other guest, uh, after sailing the seven seas, it is Steve. Hello. That was <laughs> that was a lot of alliteration. Sailing the seven seas, Steve. Happy to be here, John. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no problem. So why are there three of us in the studio? Why did I invite these two back? No, I'm actually, I'm legitimately wondering, like, <laughs> just kidding. So the reason that I joined these two, and I just realized my on-air sign is off. I'm going to change that real quick. I mean, what kind Unprofessional. of podcast? There we go. Unprofessional. Okay, we are officially on air. Um, okay, so this episode, we're going to be talking about nostalgia. Kind of the overarching theme is nostalgia filter. The things that you saw when you were a kid or younger, childhood, whatever that was, that you then see again as an adolescent or an adult. And these could be movies, TV shows, video games. We will get to all of those at a different episode. But on this one, we're going to focus on movies. And the way we're going to format it, all of us have come up with a list. Some of us have written pages and pages of notes. <laughs> uh, and so we're, we're each going to give a good, a bad, and an ugly movie that we liked as a kid, saw it again as an adult or adolescent, and it was either good and it totally held up, bad, it was all right, and ugly, you regretted going back. You should have never done that and let your adolescence be your adolescence. Some of us will be cribbing he heavily from Wikipedia. Yes. And made <laughs> almost no notes. Wow. But it's all up here, man. It's right. all up here. Mm. I'm pointing See, to my Steve, elbow. I was like, this, Steve is pointing at an area that does not make sense. <laughs> okay. And um, I think we're all pretty close to the same age, too, right? So yeah. we'll be pretty close with our choices, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. granted, and Carmen and I talked about that before we were recording. A lot of these <clears throat> are around the same time period, mm -hmm. which makes sense. I mean, granted, all of us kind of grew up and we would watch things that came before us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, generally speaking, these are our generational movies. Yeah. For me, each of these came before 1992. Something like uh, that. So yep. same with mine. Yep. Yeah. I think it makes a big difference too if you had siblings because you see things that are a little bit older for you and a little bit younger for you if you mm -hmm. have older or younger siblings. And mm -hmm. you know, I think at least one of mine is um I if it was just me, I probably wouldn't have seen it so many times, but because I had a little brother, I watched it a lot. Yeah. I had an older sister, so I saw a lot of Little House on the Prairie oh. and Annie, which I not part of this podcast, but I went back and watched that, you <laughs> mm -hmm. know, some years ago. I was like, okay, this will be a kick. No. And after the first half hour, I was in tears. I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, oh, I, okay. I don't know if it brought back, you know, memories mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of seeing it when I was a child or if it's really that good. I mean, Tim Curry as the rooster for one and, uh, Miss Hannigan, who was Carol Burnett. Oh, okay. Incredible. Like, you should really go back and watch that. It's it's a really solid movie. And that is the thing is sometimes, I mean, there have been so many studies done where when you watch the same show, the same movie, listen to the same album, you, your serotonin levels, because you know what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know what is going to have either happy ending or not, depending on what movies you like to watch. 
but watching it over and over and over again you know what to expect so i think it brings back a lot of things plus of course the nostalgia yeah i'm a little bit older than you guys and so my family got 54 uh, years (laughs) old uh uh we didn't grow up with a VCR until a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably early teens is when we got a VCR, which okay. maybe is a little bit later than most people would. So I, as a child, did not watch movies on VHS again and again and again. Okay. I know kids today watch DVD and, and mm-hmm. uh, streaming movies again and again and again, which maybe that's maybe they're getting that serotonin hit. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about that, too, because a big part of watching movies for me as a kid was going to the video store mm-hmm. picking out a tape and then you you know that would be the tape that you watched that night and mm-hmm. you would have to get through the whole thing whether it was good bad or ugly well yeah because your parents spent three dollars on it right. or whatever it was right yeah. and now it's kids can just pretty much choose from an unlimited list mm-hmm. and you know if you don't like it three minutes into it you can always just yeah, no harm. Change it to something else. No harm, no foul. You can just kind of skip. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, going back to like Blockbuster mm-hmm. or like back where I grew up, we had Hastings. And so walking video through. Video update. Like, hmm. Video update? We had an Albertsons about five, <laughs> yes. five minutes away that had a video section. And I've probably memorized the entire shelf mm-hmm. of videos mm-hmm. there. A lot of them I was too young to to actually rent but i was just like oh one day mm-hmm. one day i'm gonna watch porkies it's gonna oh, be great <laughs> and then you did and you regretted it yeah pretty much pretty much um so cool so what we're going to do is we'll just go in rounds so we will do the round of good the round of bad and then finish with the round of ugly and so keep in mind these are just opinions these are not necessarily bad movies It just going back to them, then you start to realize they might not have been as good as you thought they were Mm -hmm. when you first saw them. Well, and I I still enjoy all three of mine, but it is because of that nostalgia. Um, I watched two of the three movies last night and, you know, I still love them, but objectively they might not be great movies. Mm hmm. Yeah, same here. I still like all of mine. Mm -hmm. I still see what they were going for in the ones that maybe were not as great. And you have to remember, you know, a lot of times kids' movies um, are for kids. You know what I mean? Wait, wait, Uh, say say that again? That was prophetic. But honestly, I think Pixar has changed the game a little bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. Pixar movies are kids' movies. And Mm -hmm. sure, there's burps and farts and stuff that kids (laughs) like. But there's a lot. I like how even when you say that, I giggle. It's <laughs> deep, though. It's I mean, there's so much emotional power in those yeah. movies, yeah. and they I think they've really changed the game. So <clears throat> these movies from the '80s and early '90s that we're talking about was before that. <laughs> I, absolutely, and I think that is a good point. Like these days, I think they realized the parents are going to be at these. Parents movies. have to watch them too, yeah. And so the parents need something. They need to, you know. So those jokes sometimes that you see when you are a kid and you laugh without really getting the context Mm -hmm. then you watch it later and you get it i think yeah it is changing i think with pixar with Mm -hmm. other companies dreamworks yeah i mean shrek has probably more burps and farts i mean we're just talking about the first one which is really good the other ones i think it kind of went downhill but uh that one has a good message as Mm -hmm. well as the rest of it i mean she stays a troll in her perfect form yeah and she was still beautiful darn it guys that was my good movie (laughs) Ugh. i hope hope not uh okay so who wants to go first? Steve just pointed at Carmen. Okay. <laughs> so, Carmen, this is 
your good movie. This so is a movie that you my, saw as a kid. My good movie. Mm-hmm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, great film. Uh, 1988 came mm-hmm. out. Um, of course, Bob Hoskins. Great Bob Hoskins. Yes, rest plays, in peace. Plays Eddie Valiant. Um, and it takes place in the 40s. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't take place in the 80s. So the sets are great. Costumes are great. The themes of the movie are very 1940s. Mm-hmm. Um, I What I loved about it as a kid was that it was animation and live action together. Yes. Um, which was just so cool and kind of blew my mind and was the first time that I'd ever seen it and watched that movie a million times. It was one of the only tapes that we owned. And so mm. I just saw it over and over and over again. And that was one of my brother's favorite movies so that's why i watched it so many times but still a great movie have seen Mm -hmm. it as an adult great movie um if you haven't seen it so (laughs) eddie valiant played Mm -hmm. by bob hoskins um he plays a private detective he becomes an alcoholic and kind of falls away from work and is just kind of drinking his life away Mm -hmm. after why after his brother is killed by a tune killed by a tune (laughs) through a set of circumstances marvin marvin acme is the um he's the the owner of toontown Mm -hmm. and he's killed no, first he okay. <laughs> He's but, caught in a compromising over. position. Let's start over. <laughs> yeah, he, the patty cake. He and Jessica Rabbit mm-hmm. are, you know, in cahoots and <laughs> getting together behind closed doors and playing patty cake, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a, it's even as a kid, musical. right? But even as a kid, it was like I don't really get why <laughs> what they're doing wrong. Why mm-hmm. is this a big deal? But it's hilarious because Roger Rabbit, her husband, is very upset by it and. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts drinking and freaks out, and so he's the Marvin Acme is the owner of Toontown. He gets offed, and he supposedly has the Toons think that he has a will that leaves Toontown mm-hmm. to the Toons, the cartoons, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in the will, and so it's it's a mystery. Mm-hmm. There's drama, there's mm-hmm. comedy, action, there's, action, there's horror, because there's this horrible villain, Judge Doom. Um, it's sexy. Jessica Rabbit is super sexy, mm-hmm. temptress. Um, yeah, it's got everything. And as an adult, it's it's just as good a movie. Hmm. And there's there's this whole scenario with um, Cloverleaf as this evil company, and it's buying up uh, the cartoon studios and... You know, you find out through the process of the film that uh, they want to destroy Toontown so that they can build a highway, build a through, highway. Mm-hmm. through Toontown. Yeah. Great film. Great film. Um, when was the first time? Like, so that was the other thing is like with all of these, what are your memories? Like, what is, do you remember the first time you saw it? Like, I don't. <laughs> I you don't just know remember. You've seen it a bunch of times. So I watched it recently and I knew every single line in wow. the film and could still say it. And I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I've just seen it that many times that it's ingrained in my memory. <laughs> I tried to find it on YouTube and the only the only um, videos that I could find were voiceover. Hmm. So it, which totally just took me out of it. Yeah, I couldn't even, absolutely. I couldn't handle it because the, the voices are iconic in the movie. Hmm. Wait, what? what's the voiceover thing? So like they when were, it was still images and then just the audio track? No, it's the... You can find the movie on YouTube, mm-hmm. but it's voice—it's just voiced over by 
Got it. Regular people. Oh. And there's no but Boo. and there's no sound effects. What? Huh. Which it's a They're trying to get cartoon. around copyright, copyright or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a brilliant movie. It's mm-hmm. got so many good touches. I mean, for mm-hmm. example, when he gets the pictures of them playing patty cake, mm-hmm. he flips right. through them just mm-hmm. like, like animation right. and he goes faster and faster. And uh, that's that's a real standout moment for me. Uh, Jessica Rabbit's introduction was a standout moment for me as a kid as well. Oh but my yeah, gosh. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and as it boys. Was, yeah. yeah. It's really interesting to see the behind the scenes footage. Yes. Of the, for example, when Eddie Valiant has Roger Rabbit down in the water, he's washing his socks, and then Roger Rabbit has to come up to breathe mm-hmm. and spits out some water. Well, the water is real. But Roger mm-hmm. Rabbit is a cartoon, so how did they get the water to match where his lips would be and that kind of thing? Well, it's this mechanism that comes out, and they had to rig up all this stuff to make the physical world and the uh, cartoon world interact, and it's brilliant. That wasn't the yep. first time it's been done. I mean, we had, what, Pete's Dragon, right? Yeah, Pete's wasn't Dragon. That? Yeah, mm-hmm. And Dragon. the famous um, the penguin dancing with Fred Mary Astaire, Poppins. Mary Poppins. No, not, yeah, not Fred Astaire. Oh, thanks. Sorry. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> but I don't think it was done as skillfully as mm-hmm. uh, Roger Rabbit did it. I, I agree. I love, love that movie. I'm yeah. glad you picked it. Absolutely. I saw that actually. This also ages me. I saw it in the drive-in theater. <laughs> Kids, wow. ask your parents what a drive-in theater <laughs> is. But yeah, incredible movie. Great way to start us off. I like it. It's It's got everything. It really does. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's sexy, it's suspenseful, and there's a lot of moving parts. Like it, it is really Absolutely. a mystery that you have to that unravels throughout the the film. So yeah. great for kids, great as an adult. Mm-hmm. And the villain, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, fantastic, terrifying, scary. He's yeah. so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shave and a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> one of the I best can't part, take it. One of the best parts because yeah, you just see him freaking out. Yeah, great, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Steve, go next. What is your good? This is a movie that I believe I saw on VHS, mm-hmm. either at daycare or maybe mm. Sunday school or something, uh, and it stuck with me. Uh, I remember also having a coloring book of it, and it's the 1982 Don Bluth cartoon, The Secret of Nim. Great. The Secret of Nim. Are you guys familiar with mm-hmm. Secret of mm-hmm. Nim? Okay. So the basic story is following Miss Brisby, a little mouse <laughs> in the field, and uh, her one of her sons uh, is sick. Mm-hmm. By the way, her other two children are voiced by Shannon Do- Doherty and Will Wheaton. Huh. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, they have bit parts. They, yeah, yeah. They're only there. And it's. I listened to it closely. I said, can I recognize either of their voices? Mm-hmm. And I can't because they're doing, you know, mouse voices. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but it doesn't sound like them. Mm-hmm. It's only in the credits that I realized that. Thing. Nice. But anyway, back to the plot. Mm-hmm. So her kid is sick. He got bit by a spider. She has to go to uh, the elder of the community to mm-hmm. get some medicine. Uh, he tells her to go to the Great Owl. She goes and visits the Great Owl. Meanwhile, the farmer has started up the tractor a day early, and it was supposed to be moving day, mm. uh, you know. But they've got to move early, um, and so there's that time pressure. Uh, she meets the Great Owl. The Great Owl send, sends her to Nicodemus, the oldest, wisest, and most magical rat in the realm. Of course, and uh, <laughs> she uh, goes into the rose bush where the rats live. Uh, has some crazy encounters with them, and finally gets to Nicodemus. Nicodemus has a lot of respect for her dead husband, 
hmm. Mr. Brisby, uh, yeah. <laughs> who, um, and, and Mrs. Brisby is not sure why, but she's able to see through visions that Mr. Brisby freed the rats of NIM from the National Institute of Mental Health, NIM. N-I-M-H, mm. where they were doing experiments on the rats that made them more intelligent and gave them longer life. Hence, Nicodemus, who's very, very so old. this is post-Flowers for Algernon. I'm not familiar with it, actually. Oh, I, oh. I've heard of okay. it. I haven't yeah. read it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, they, the rats try to escape Nim, but mm-hmm. they can't because they're too big to fit through a particular grate. But Mr. Brisby is. So that's why he's so well regarded uh, by the rats. Hmm. They agree to help Mrs. Brisby move her home, which is essentially a cinder block uh, in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's an evil rat, of course, right. and he doesn't want people to leave, or he doesn't want the rats to leave the rosebush, so he sabotages the move. Uh, there's a sword fight between a good rat and that bad rat. It's got everything. I mean, a lot like uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's got swashbuckling, it's mm-hmm. got that nice uh, element of family to it, and uh, it's really well animated. Don Bluth well, was yeah. a former Disney animator, and he brought some Disney animators with him. And he really knew what he was doing. You know, when I think back on Don Bluth movies, so we're talking about Dragon's Lair, which is a video game, mm-hmm. but it well, it's it was a movie essentially that animation. you're walking through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Five Will Goes West, sorry, that was not him. The previous one, An American Tale, was Don oh, Bluth. A Land Before Time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anastasia, which a lot of people mm-hmm. forget, but it was really uh, highly lauded by the critics. Yeah. Uh, great movie. Um, and Bartok, the bat. And then I kick her. I don't remember that one. I didn't see I, that I remember one. Wayne. Yeah. Uh, Secret of Nim has a, a really good voiceover cast. The most famous person in there is Dom DeLuise, who plays mm. Jeremy the Crow. Now, as an adult watching it, Jeremy the Crow seems to get tied up in string a lot. And actually, Miss Brisby gets caught by her scarf. They seem to kind of do that gag again and again where someone gets caught up in string or scarves and that mm. kind of thing. But slapstick. Slapstick. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot the cat dragon terrifying the most terrifying cat you've ever seen uh that that goes after the rats and goes after the mice uh really good i watched the whole thing last night and i was really happy to see that it held up do you guys what are your guys's memories i remember that one i think i remember i get that and the black cauldron mixed up yeah me too i always think black cauldron was don bluth but it was actually disney right so i get those two mixed up maybe because just from when they came out or around that same time. And it was, yeah, similar, darker animation tone than the other things that were coming out at that time. For sure. So that those are kind of my memories of it. I remember watching it, but never really retaining a lot of it. Yeah, because I, I, get I saw it, but I don't have a strong memory of it or definitely not an emotional memory mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. yeah. But Land Before Time, one of my all-time favorites. I, that one is another one that I owned and saw many, many times and An American Tale. So, mm-hmm. guess how many? The style. Guess how many Land of Bef- Land Before Time direct-to-video sequels there were? Eight. No. <laughs> eight. Do you think it's higher or lower than eight? <laughs> it, well, it must be higher. It's twelve. Oh, oh, my gosh. There are twelve. <laughs> there Land is Before only time. one Land Before Time. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is only one Land Before Time. Yeah, and that movie. Speaking of going back and watching things, I watched that one somewhat recently. Did you cry? Brutal. Like that movie is harsh it does yeah. not pull punches it is like oh here's a nice story guess what your mom just died <laughs> like what i mean it's a bunch of kids fending for themselves mm-hmm. and trying to be reunited with their families and there's lava involved mm-hmm. and sharp tooths 
Yeah, or Sharp Tooth. There was only one, I guess. But yeah, great movie. Uh, cool. Anything else about Secret of Nim? Nope, that's about it. I mean, go out and it's on Amazon Video. Oh, it for is. Free. Nice. Yeah. Okay. If you're a Prime member, which everyone should be. Come on now, step your game up. <laughs> uh, all right. So my good 1982, <laughs> another early 80s movie, the classic Jim Henson and Frank Oz, The Dark Crystal. Good one. Love it. The Dark Crystal. So it tells the story of this gelfling named Jen. Uh, I like how they were not, you know, gender normative back then. Like, here's this little boy, question mark. And uh, these are Muppets, essentially. Yeah. This is a live action Muppet. Correct. So boy named Jen is raised by these large creatures called mystics. And come to find out that there are these enemies called the Skeksis, which are trying to become immortal by chanting around this huge crystal um, when the three suns merge. And, you know, just adventure ensues from there. This film, I mean, it was Jim Henson arguably at his peak. The puppetry work is phenomenal. Yes, the Gelflings look, they look like puppets. Yes. But this looks like a real world. It feels like a real world. All of the creatures are so interesting, too. Yeah. The Skeksis, for me, are the scariest. Terrifying. Yeah. Please, trust us. Like, Mm -hmm. those are super scary. The uh, the beetle things were the Garthims or Garthlims. Those were terrifying. The Yoda-type creature woman. um, Uh, Agra. Agra, yeah. Agra. Yeah. With that crazy planetarium mm-hmm. thing in the middle. What's it called? Night Mobile or uh, uh they do have a name. I, I forget for the it. name of it. It's not important. But uh she has this crazy contraption in the middle that helps her track the movement of the stars yeah. and the planets and everything. Yeah. So and through this adventure, uh Jen finds out that he is not the last Gelfling. There is a girl named Kira. And so, you know, they kind of not even fall in love. They realize that they're the only ones left. And again, talking about the you know land before time and how brutal it was, Kira is in rough shape in this movie. She gets captured by the Skeksis. They're draining her life force into a liquid for the Skeksis to drink to retain their strength and immortality. And you see her fading away. Like I remember watching this as a kid, being blown away by it, and just feeling terrified feeling happy when things were going on. Uh, But after they save her from that, towards the end of the movie, like at the climax, she gets stabbed and killed. And only through the merging of these two species, the mystics and the Skeksis, they resurrect her. But this movie does not pull punches. Like this is, it is scary with the beetle-like creatures, with the Skeksis, but it has heart. And it has that emotional attachment where you're like, this is incredible. I want to watch it right now. Seriously, <laughs> I watched it like yesterday. And don't forget Fizzgig, which is basically a triple that is mostly mouth. Yeah, mostly mouth and mostly teeth. <laughs> and tiny little beady eyes. Yeah. And so, you feel sorry for him every time. I want a Fizzgig. It's too, so yeah. artistically done. It's such mm-hmm. a beautiful movie, just visually. Like many of, well, probably all of Jim Henson's yeah. movies. Well, and the other thing is this was the first collaboration with Henson, Frank Oz, and Brian Froud, who would go on a few years later to do Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So Brian Froud was the artistic designer of the Dark that Crystal. Makes total sense. And it so like he is known for his fairy works and everything. 
And you watch Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. I mean, they're spiritual successors. Side note. Mm-hmm. Both of those movies I did not see as a kid. I saw really? them only. Oh, I thought Prince, you were a Princess, big Labyrinth fan. No. Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Never saw it as a kid. Whoa. Princess Bride, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth. Totally missed out. Huh. Like, wow. had, I, I must not have had a childhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's but so that just weird, happens. There's like, blind spots and you right, don't know why. And, but it's like such a, like for our generation, it's, there's mm-hmm. such icons and everybody remembers seeing them as a kid. And I just... They weren't on my radar for some reason. And don't forget the four-legged stilt creatures that they ride. Long, Cure, long, striders. Uh, long striders. Those mm-hmm. blew the my Dolly-esque mind as well. Creatures. Yeah, exactly. So good. And you so can good. Uh, speaking of like YouTube and behind the scenes, you can watch some of the behind the scenes of this movie, and you see the guys on mm-hmm. these huge stilts, like. I mean, it, yeah. I don't know that I'd want to see behind, behind the, that, the like... man behind the curtain, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Of... I could understand that for sure. Yeah, I think I watched those. Uh, it was around when Jim Henson died in the early 90s. They did. They were doing a bunch of specials. Okay. I started watching that, but it does not take away from the magic at all. And they created a whole world. They mm-hmm. weren't leaning on anything they had done before. There's mm-hmm. not a Kermit cameo or anything right. like that. Right. They really took a big risk with this movie. And I don't think it was very successful when it came out. But It made, it made sense then. Money, but yeah, cult classic cult status. Classic. Yeah, um, I think it's much better than Labyrinth, honestly. Labyrinth is a little bit more mm. disjointed. It has good ideas, but ultimately not as Which engaging Which is interesting because Labyrinth obviously has real people, whereas Dark Crystal is all puppets. Maybe it's that. Maybe that helped. Maybe that's breaking the wall for me there hmm. or breaking the magic of it. Okay. Is are there songs in The Dark Crystal? I don't think they they sing at all like heavily. in The Labyrinth, right? No. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, David Bowie put him in a movie. I mean, come on. Right. But yeah, not they, as not as much. She's playing the flute thing, the mm-hmm. Jen, yeah, Jen right. also plays But it's a not flute. a musical. Right. No. Okay. Correct. By the way, neither is Secret of Nim. Really? Not a musical. No, there's no songs. So it's. I wonder if Black Cauldron, it, like, cause I, Black Cauldron, pretty sure it's not either. Weird. Yeah. Also, and I, I like who mus- framed Roger Rabbit, not a musical. <laughs> <laughs> True. Land Before Time, not a musical. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hmm. What else is not a musical? <laughs> <laughs> Should we name them all? Uh, I'm going to launch of- my new podcast. <laughs> Movies that are not musicals. <laughs> it will be six hours long, at least three times a week. And it's just a list. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, so, yeah, Gelflings. Uh, but, yeah, just the most the most important thing to me, going back to this, it still had that punch. It still had that emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. Even though, again, the Gelflings are the roughest part of the puppetry. They're the, they're the least kind of realistic. The Skeksis, I mean, they look real i think because of the curvatures and they have all these like nooks and crannies and they're darker um but yeah going back watching it again i just yeah i was trying to take notes but i was just watching it mm-hmm. and just being enthralled well and like i said as i only saw it as an adult mm-hmm. and as an adult it's a great movie yeah it's just objectively a great movie awesome so you don't need to have that like nostalgic mm-hmm. emotional attachment to it it is good enough to stand on its own which right as we are going into the next categories, we'll find out some of these, that that attachment yeah, is, is going to be rough. So now that we did the round of good and all of us are feeling happy and nostalgic and just good feelings all around, we're going to slide right into the bad category. And again, it does not mean these movies are bad. It means that our reaction to them, seeing them later in life, 
was bad compared to when we saw them the first time, whenever that was. So how about Steve? You go first this time because he, for whatever reason, said he was not ready. The year was 1986. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Was it a dark and stormy (laughs) night? What is happening? (laughs) I may have seen this movie in the theaters. Mm -hmm. Starring Eric Idle, Judd Nelson, Leonard Nimoy, Orson Welles. Transformers, the movie. Nice. Now, young Steve was deep, deep (laughs) into the Transformerverse. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of the toys. I had high hopes. That must be nice to be a rich kid. Tell me more about that. (laughs) Rub it in. Well, unlike you, I actually broke my toys out of the box and played with them. Um, You know, they were well loved. Mm -hmm. My um, my Starscream was like the Velveteen Rabbit by the end. Aww. Yeah. Uh, so it got polio or what did what was the thing <laughs> we burned it in a fire <laughs> dark dark movie. uh the plot's not important but let me no. just tell you <laughs> this was a big deal for a lot of kids mm-hmm. a transformers movie yep mind blown uh optimus prime you know the whole omnicron thing and he goes there you Omicron. may not remember that he was killed in it yes i remember and it was Spoiler orson welles it was orson welles last movie he died after he did the right. voiceover mm-hmm. for this so <clears throat> that's interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> wow leonard nimoy mm-hmm. is the uh embodiment unicron exactly megatron also killed comes back as mm-hmm. unicron oh no comes back as galvatron <clears throat> whatever gosh <laughs> Have you, you may seen detect, this movie? I, I have seen this movie. It's been a while, but uh, I, I refreshed my memory on it. Uh, but honestly, like I said, the plot doesn't matter. Uh, it's it's robots shooting each other, mm. fighting each other, mm. transforming. I disagree with robots oh, shooting God. each other because like most 80s cartoons, <laughs> they're firing lasers out of regular guns somehow like on G.I. Joe. And they are two feet away and they're going every which way. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> I got so excited. I know. But yeah, so yes, they do aim for each other. Not only that, John, mm-hmm. they are shooting at each other, but like many 80s and 70s and 60s mm-hmm. cartoons, they use the environment against each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Seriously. Leonardo has katanas and Raphael has size. These are very sharp weapons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no. <laughs> he throws the sigh at the pipe and the pipe explodes yeah. and gets Michelangelo beaver. uses sausages instead of nunchucks. Yeah. In Ninja Turtles too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. We're talking about the cartoons. Deadly now, weapons. So, right. <laughs> but they do that in Transformers as mm-hmm. well. He uses a shard of a piece of wood to <laughs> throw it at uh what the hell is his name? Oh Megatron. God. Megatron. Okay. I never had Megatron, Carmen, but did you know that Megatron... Carmen, do you believe Steve has seen this movie? I have seen this movie. Megatron is a gun. Yes. They used to sell this to children. Like, mm-hmm. you, you had a robot that would turn into a gun. Now, Brilliant. let's just think about the scale for a second of mm-hmm. that. You have Megatron is a human size, or probably larger, larger. than human yeah. size. His name is Mega. Megatron. Yeah. When he transforms... Tron. <laughs> When he transforms in this movie, he shrinks down to gun size, <laughs> which is a terrible effect. It does not work at all. Uh, another thing that's bad about this movie is they use the movie or they use the song "The Touch." You've got the touch. Yes, you've got the power. Which always makes me think of one of my favorite movies, Boogie Nights, where Mark Wahlberg oh, wow. really does a terrible, terrible version of that song. He's trying to be a, a star. I'd not connected those dots before. That, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but. 
that's a that's a bad song in my opinion but they do have a lot of really good heavy metal music in here and i'm not sure you're aware they also have weird al's dare to be stupid is in this movie Excellent. which really? is from I, I, okay i was a weird al fan as a kid shocker mm-hmm. right yeah. but uh, uh that's a really silly song that wasn't uh satirizing any particular uh existing song it was an original Weird Al. This is in Transformers, the movie. I Weird. Mean, <laughs> it's obviously just a cash in. Now, they killed off a lot of uh, mm-hmm. Autobots in this, especially the Autobots, because apparently Hasbro was updating their line. Yep. <laughs> they just said, well, we're going to get rid of these. These can't be on the store shelves. Uh, this came out in August. So, you know, obviously they're preparing for the holiday yep. season, looking ahead. And uh, this was just a very convenient way to do it. Yeah. Um, Starscream, love the mm-hmm. voice. Actually, the voices in this are really good. Obviously, Leonard Nimoy is really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's that was my Starscream. <laughs> that was a kind of a nerdy version. His is really intense and scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't do it for your listeners now because they'll think that Starscream is in the car with them or wherever mm. they happen to be. Mm. But um, give yourself a lot of credit there, Steve. <laughs> they also have the inclusion of humans in this. Mm-hmm. I, I never liked that. It kind of maybe the same as with Labyrinth. It sort of breaks the fantasy for me. Okay. Uh, and it feels like they are just trying to uh, add in that human aspect to keep people's interest. I think that's not necessary, honestly. Uh, but yeah, the animation's pretty good. The colors are good. And uh, do you guys have any? No, I'm serious. It's, it's actually pretty well animated. Mm-hmm. They had the team that did the TV show do this movie at the same time as they were doing the TV show. You know, hundreds of animators in Japan chained Mm -hmm. to a desk. Probably. But um, produced simultaneously as the G.I. Joe movie Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. Duke gets killed. Yep. Do you guys have any memories of the Transformer movie at all? This is one that... So I remember watching the Saturday morning cartoon growing up. Big my parents were the toys. We were broke. So my parents were like, yeah, good luck with that kid. I got one official Transformers as a kid from some family friend, and it was Coop, which was the old one, and he like was a laydown scooter thing. Yeah. So I was like, really? And then I got like some knockoff GoBots. I'm pretty sure they were like off-bots or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look that one up. Stop-bots. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I remember watching the cartoon. The movie... I think I saw on TV as a kid, but the first time I remember, like actually remember watching the movie, I was probably a teenager. Like I remember getting it, you know, on a VHS. And yeah, the the song, which again, is it has been embedded in my head since mm-hmm. whenever, 1991. They play that song twice, The Touch. Mm-hmm. They play that song twice in the movie. Great montage. <sighs> yes. What about yes. you, Carmen? I d- remember the show. Um <laughs> I remember playing with the toys. I never owned any of the Transformer toys, but my friends had them, and I definitely played Oh, so played you're not them. a Richie Rich Pants either? Hmm. As we both look I at had, Steve. I had Ghostbuster toys. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, but I, didn't, I don't remember seeing the movie as a kid, but mm-hmm. I definitely have seen it recently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, my partner is really, was really into the Transformers, and I think he still might be. Nice. Uh, we have a bunch of Transformers at my house. You just kind of wish that bed. we could forget the most recent ones, because, man, they are rough. On a related note, oh, Wikipedia is telling me <laughs> the film. So it must be true. <laughs> 
The Transformer animated movies mm-hmm. IMDb rating is seven point three, which wow. is higher than any of the modern versions. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. That makes total sense. <laughs> but is that nostalgic value, yes. or is that? Yeah, I'm sure it's it has to be the same kids that said, "Why is Ghostbusters all women now?" They're the ones that are going into IMDb and uprating right. the, the Transformers <laughs> animated movie. Like, I've got to hang on to my childhood by any means necessary. And well, the, and I think the new ones, too, get kind of lost because they're like every other seriously. action movie that comes out. They just they get lost in a sea of movies that are just like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Megan Fox, not born when this movie was made. <laughs> that is all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Now, can I just finish on one note? Mm-hmm. The names of the... Uh, Transformers mm-hmm. are freaking incredible. Yes. Let me just run down a couple of mm-hmm. them. RC, mm-hmm. Cup, Wheelie, Coop. Coop. Yep. Thank you. Hot Rod. It's spelled K U P. I think it was Coop. I understand. It, it's related <laughs> to a car, the Coop. Blur, Blaster, mm-hmm. Perceptor, Grimlock. Now we're getting Grimlock into the Dinobots. Yep. Slag, Swoop, the pterodactyl, mm-hmm. Jazz, Cliff Jumper. I could go on Cyclonus, Scourge, Starscream. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee. You missed Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's in the modern ones. Everyone <laughs> knows those. And uh, Astro Train. That was the Decepticon that the other Decepticons could get built? inside. Was it like Devastator or was Devastator the Autobots version? No, um, Devastator was the, the construction ones that built the bigger one. Yes. I definitely okay. had these. Devastator, yeah. I believe, was Rub the... <laughs> was the... Um, what do you call these? The ones that push the, <laughs> the... construction things that push? Bulldozer. Oh, my gosh. I really wish. <laughs> you guys just failed that game. I like, really if this were charades that. and I'm using words, okay, you guys yeah, just but, failed. Okay, so Steve was making a motion <laughs> for a bulldozer. This that is had, exactly what a bulldozer does. Uh, not with points. Okay. And it was like a W anyway. <clears throat> Carmen, what you got? You didn't even make the beeping sound. Seriously. Oh, amateur are, hour. Are you, are you going next? Uh, with my bad? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So my bad. Are, were, were we done with, <laughs> yes. with Transformers? Yes. Okay. This will never air. It like it kind of <laughs> <like that. laughs> uh, okay. My bad movie. 1986 movie that I really liked as a kid. Saw it again recently. Man, is it rough. 1986. Short Circuit. Mm, okay. The movie about a lovable robot who was initially built by nova robotics which is a branch of the military like you see these robots like blowing up tanks and all this crazy stuff gets hit by lightning gets imbued with a personality adventures ensue so this movie is rough like real rough you would think that the computer that made johnny five as he later becomes known was just an 80s catchphrase robot or an 80s catchphrase computer because it just, they really hammered home. <laughs> One of them, he gets into a fight with another robot. Says, uh, I even wrote this down. Hey, laser lips, your mama was a snowblower. Harsh. Classic. <laughs> just like, really? It's like, as a kid, cracked up. That was the funniest joke I'd heard. As an adult, real rough. And I would be completely remiss in talking about this movie and not talking about some of the worst casting ever. So you take Fisher Stevens, who is a character actor that you will recognize immediately. I can show you pictured later, who describes himself as a tall, skinny, or no, as a white, 
white skinny Jewish guy. So who did he play in this movie? Dr. Ben Jabuti, an Indian scientist. Hmm. So they layered brown makeup on him, put brown <laughs> contacts in because so, so, he has blue eyes. He had an East Indian accent. It is bad. Like it is hard to even within the first like few minutes when you see him just interacting with other people. How did the filmmakers in the 80s not catch like this is going to be a this is going to be bad. So that was rough. Uh, some of the highlights. It does have Steve Gutenberg in it because it would not be an 80s movie without Steve Gutenberg. Uh, and I just I hate to see some of those 80s actors like Ralph Moran or Rick Moranis just kind of fade into obscurity. Rick Moranis made his own choice. Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. Yeah, it was in it also. But Steve Gutenberg, he kind of went where 80s actors go to die, which he started appearing in the Sharknado movies in recent years. So, oh, the fourth one just came out. Seriously. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> and actually, I've never seen Short Circuit. Really? Never seen it. I mean, I get the basic premise, but... Yeah, so they, they did Short Circuit, and then a couple years later, Short Circuit 2, um, where Johnny Five becomes evil, an evil version of himself, of course, and he gets a mohawk. Hmm. Yeah, it was bad. Like, when I started thinking about these movies and this idea for this episode, I was like, cool, I wonder what this one will fall into. Real bad. Real, real bad. But not ugly. Not ugly. It gets worse. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. But yeah, do you guys, so Steve obviously has never seen this. Carmen, do you remember this movie? I do, but I, again, I don't have any strong attachment to it. Uh, I wish that you would have done that whole review, though, in a robot voice. Ah, if ooh. I have one complaint, it's that you did it to a robot voice. Well, he changes voices. So in the beginning of the movie, all of the robots, because there are multiple ones, were just automatons right like objective blah 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 that's what i'm looking for right but then he <laughs> changed you. into like 80s jersey catchphrases like, oh yeah okay it yes. was just that i do recall it was the weirdest thing how did he learn all those things oh, is it like splash to, where he watched television he had to adapt to modern society <laughs> there you go it was, it's all adapted he was an early borg uh you know um, well, he got struck by lightning. That was how he got the personalities. And then <laughs> I think he just watched stuff. Like, I honestly, like, uh -huh. I he, he binge watched whatever was whatever on was TV. on at the time. Right. Yeah. Like, I tried watching Miami this Vice or something the other day. And, like, I started skipping through it. And it just, yeah. I had to skip part and not watch the whole thing because it was. Was it like Lilu where he watched things super fast? He basically so. read all of Wikipedia. <laughs> there was no so, such thing as Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the computer work in this movie is classic 80s, as in the computers are doing things that, like, one computer in the world at that time had the computing power to do. Like, your Roomba has probably more computing power than Johnny Five did in this movie. Mm -hmm. Allow me to read you a few snippets from reviews of Short Circuit. <laughs> oh, wow. Variety wrote at the time, Short Circuit is a hip, sexless sci-fi send-up. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave it a 1.5 out of 4 stars. That's a thumbs down if you, mm -hmm. if you follow along on that. And he called it too cute for its own good. Hmm. Yeah. None of them have mentioned how offensive it was. Despite that, it debuted at number one in the U.S. box office and ended up grossing $40 million. Sheesh. Off of a budget of what? Let me see. I think I even saved the tab here. Budget uh, $9, million. $9 million. Yeah. So it made... It made a good amount robots of money. Robots were big then, though. Like, were. any robot movie, mm -hmm. 
people batteries not included batteries mm-hmm. not included. well plus so. this had the other quintessential 80s thing which is an <clears throat> evil robot corporation just like in robocop i mean it just right. terminator there too. were a lot of tropes like that but this is this is one that i would not recommend people go go back and see because it, it was it was rough go watch robocop yeah yeah there you go he's got quips too oh he does <laughs> oh <laughs> 80s all right carmen Next on, next on the list. Okay, so I got to preface this with saying this is still one of my favorite movies of all time, mm. and I will still watch it over and over again. But objectively, okay, there we go. Not maybe not a great movie. And when I tell people that this is one of my favorite movies, they're like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> so it is Return to Oz. Ooh, I love this movie. Actually, uh, it's right, mm. but it's nostalgia. That's the reason. Oh we love yeah, it. this is uh, made okay. in 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, based on the Oz novels. Tell me more of this Oz you speak of. Oh. Have you not seen Return to Oz? Yes, I have. This is for the audience, Steve. So, I'm whispering, even though he... <laughs> I know. He, yeah. <laughs> I wrote a lot of notes. <laughs> Drunkenly wrote a lot of notes last Which is night. Like, when you were listening to the previous one, where there were some pauses where Carmen is... It was like she was really contemplative. <laughs> really, she was just trying to decipher... Her handwriting from a drunken night last night. Yeah. No, this is this I had to rewrite because Carmen one... has about half a page of single spaced handwritten notes about. Uh, would you return... like me to read it? To oh, you? Sorry, sorry, please do. <laughs> okay, so okay. I'll just go grab a so snack. it takes so it takes place in October 1899, six mm-hmm. months after Dorothy's return from Oz. So it is a sequel in like it is a definitely sequel, the sequel to. This came out in 1985. 1985. The original came out in. 1939. 40, 39. 1939. Okay. So 45 so, years of the making. It's quite different from the original <laughs> and <laughs> in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferusha Bulk plays Dorothy Gale. Oh, yeah. Um, so th- the premise is that Auntie M and, uh, is super frustrated with Dorothy because she keeps talking about this dream she had of going <laughs> to Oz. So they take her to see a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist in town who recommends the brand new technology of shock treatment Oh, <laughs> to get rid of these bad dreams. So it's, as an adult seeing this movie, it's totally different than seeing it as a kid because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. none of that really makes sense. It's all kind of fantasy and whatever, mm-hmm. but it's a real thing. Sheesh. And so she's admitted to the hospital and left Wait, there. 1899? It's supposed to be shock eight, treatment? 1899. How did they induce shock in 1899? With They put these headphones on her and they had a machine mm-hmm. that looked that looked uh am i showing my ignorance when did electricity like what did they ha- 1899 because when it's the turn of the century it's like the new because okay. like when the I new think of... thing is electricity like that's brand new right, and they're right. using it to shock the shit out of people or Remember... shock the bad dreams out of people excuse <laughs> me <laughs> okay and um so they take her to the hospital she they strap her down to a uh, gurney and are about to shock her and all of a sudden dun 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 there's a lightning storm and the power goes out mm. and so there's this other little girl there that's also presumably a patient and she helps Dorothy escape they get out of the hospital and to escape the nurse who is just like an evil looking terrible looking woman mm-hmm. um, in a black dress that she just was frightening um they have to jump into a river to get away to get away from her and they jump into the river then dorothy wakes up and she is in oz Mm -hmm. and but it's different than she remembers 
All of the emeralds from the Emerald City have been stolen. Oh, no. All of the people there have been turned to stone. Hmm. Um, and so she embarks on this adventure to try to reclaim the Oz that she left before. This is the one with like the weird pumpkin head type thing. Jack Pumpkinhead. This was produced by Walt Disney and, and distributed by Buena Vista, which was owned by Walt Disney. That blows my mind. It is. I don't think it's a real dark popular though. It's It's super dark. Mm -hmm. It's super dark. Um, there's multiple villains in it. So the because that is what you need in a kids movie, <laughs> and just like just like uh, the Wizard of Oz, all of the characters are characters from her waking life as well, her her regular life in mm. Kansas. So they all come back, and the nurse, the bad nurse, mm-hmm. is one of the villains. Of course, Princess Mombi. She was so. This movie terrified me as a kid. It was the source of many of my nightmares. Hmm. Um, so Princess Mombi, she, first of all, she had these minions called the Wheelers, and they had their their hands and feet were wheels. I and remember they, them. And oh, they made this scary squeaky noise. Well, they Ooh. were the they were the the guys that wheeled her on the gurney, and she heard the uh, wheels of the gurney. Oh, I didn't know that. And so Prince, so Princess Mombi has stolen all the heads of the women in town that have been turned to stone. And so she has this hall of heads that are alive and they're all like locked up in these cabinets. Reminds me of Futurama. And they have all the heads in the tanks of water. Okay. Maybe that's a <laughs> maybe that's a that, that reference could, that to could be Return a reference. Of Oz. Yeah. And so she changes her heads to different heads. And so that's part of like how um what Dorothy has to go through to sort of defeat her. Hmm. And then there's the Gnome King, um, who is, I wrote down, a man literally of the mountain. Because <laughs> he's like the, okay. he's basically, he's made of rocks and he doesn't mm-hmm. look very, he's humanoid, but he's just roughly hewn of rocks. Hmm. And, um, Toward the end of the movie, he gets stronger and more human-like by um, turning all of Dorothy's friends into ornaments in his gallery. Um, I gotta watch this movie again. <laughs> you gotta so watch it. Good. That yeah. sounds. It's I mean, good. It's scary. the production. the The production value of the <clears throat> costumes and the sets and the effects. The so it, unbelievable. It was really. so. I I think the special effects are kind of terrible, but it was nominated for an academy award for best special effects when dorothy she falls down into the known king's rock gallery and it's this scene where she's just floating in space and it's pretty weird uh there's there's just a couple of special effects like the the gnome king's minions kind of are these rock faces that look around and whatever it's kind of stupid but and the the so instead of having Toto in right. this in this episode, she's got a chicken, Belinda. <laughs> really? With her a talking chicken. Of course. A super annoying talking mm. chicken, by the way. Um TikTok takes the place of the Tin Man, Jack Pumpkinhead takes the place of the Scarecrow, Gump takes the place of the Cowardly Lion. Gump is a, this uh hodge- guy guy who runs a lot. He's maybe? he's yeah. a hodgepodge creature made of sofas. Sofas for the body, this gump head, 
which is like a moose-like head. Like a mount. It's something you'd mount on your wall, but they mounted exactly. on the front of the And wow. then um, <laughs> uh, palm fronds as wings, and then they sprinkle this magic dust on it. Beca- it comes alive and flies them to the Gnome King. That sounds awful. And <laughs> those are the characters in this movie. I have. And, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. Go- there's a couple images from this movie that stick with me. One is uh, the part where the gnome king uh, has Dorothy, or is it the chicken, way, way up high, and the chicken lays eggs into the mouth mm-hmm. of the gnome king, and that's what that's ends up how melting him. The gnome king is defeated because he is allergic to chicken oh eggs, as kind all, of like water as for all the wicked rocks witch. Are. Of course. And also the part where they have to go into this enormous hall full of various glass trinkets mm-hmm. imagine uh the last crusade mm-hmm. uh, indiana yep. jones the last crusade where he has to select the chalice of jesus mm-hmm. but in this case they have to select uh help me out the what are they trying to do so they're all of dorothy's friends have been one by one turned into these ornaments, that's right and okay. she has to figure out which ones are her friends, and she has to lay her hands on them and say Oz to turn them back. Yeah. She has three guesses, or she will be turned into an ornament. And so okay. TikTok, TikTok is <clears throat> this this uh, robot soldier sure. who needs to be wound up, and he pretends to be stalled in there, and he says, okay, I've used two of my guesses. Pretty she, advanced she goes, for a robot. She, I mean, he's right. got one up on Johnny Five here. Well, he's, his, his thinking... <laughs> powers had been wound up just his motion and so so she goes in and then they figure out that all of the ornaments that are her friends are green see i'm noticing a theme though so this one she has to find the right one by doing something in the dark crystal jen has to play a flute to figure out which is the right shard to go in the larger crystal at agra's Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. What so, what uh, on watching this again as an adult, what parts of it are bad or unbelievable or the, don't the work special for you? effects suck? Um, <laughs> and also, even the heads. I mean, it's the, a talking the heads, head. Well, that she's holding, right? Or, she's a hold, she I don't mean to argue it. with you, but no, she holds it, but it's never like floating or ah, attached okay, or right. anything like she's holding it down here and then the the person is right, right. under them okay um interesting th- so the special effects um and then just the fact that i saw this movie as a kid and it scared me so badly that it mm. also scares me as an adult to see it because i remember wow. the scary feeling mm-hmm. um it's so it scared me in the same way that Willow scared me. You guys remember mm. seeing Willow oh, as yeah. a kid? Yeah, that was one it's, of my alternates in case one of you guys had chosen it. It's a creepy world that's mm-hmm. totally different from our own world. Um, that would you know makes you think about like Alice in Wonderland and mm-hmm. I, Return to Oz is more like Alice in Wonderland or like you know a rolled doll story that's just reality is a little bit different and everything's kind of creepy and dark. See, I barely have any memories of that movie. Like, the more you guys talk about it, like, I remember some images, but not one that I remember watching as a kid. Oh, rewatch it. I'm, I might have to. Yeah. Rewatch I might it. have to. Uh, and I just looked up on the Google machine. Electroshock therapy was first conducted in 1938. Your movie is ridiculous. <sighs> but electricity 
Mm. Harnessed. It, was, it was existed ex- before. It was then. an mm-hmm. experiment. They they refer to it as a as an, an electronic experiment or something mm. like that. I call movie. shenanigans on that anachronism from 1899. <laughs> and Steve is looking up. When did electricity first get harnessed? I am Nikola Tesla lived <laughs> well, from yeah. 1856 to 1943. So, mm-hmm. all right, moving okay. right along. Moving right along. So we have now done the good and the bad. Leading into the ugly. Now, these are movies that upon rewatching, I, like this one for me, I I could bear. The only reason I got through it is because of you two and because of the You're things welcome. that I do. The power of friendship. Podcast, for this podcast, <laughs> this movie. Okay, so I guess I'm going first. This is one you loved as a kid? This is one that I, I remember really liking as a kid. It scared me as a kid, but I liked it. 1982. Shocking. The Last Unicorn. Mm-hmm. Never so, seen it. Really? So The Last it's a Unicorn. It's traumatic. Yeah, The Last Unicorn. Uh, the animation is is beautiful. Same animators as the Hobbit movie from the 70s. Um, and it was actually the precursor to Studio Ghibli. So all of the Hayao Miyazaki oh, films. I yeah, so it was, a, it was a studio called Top Craft. So it was precursor to that. So the animation looks really cool. The problem is this has, so this is a musical with some of the worst music ever. Like you would think this movie was a high school musical production. Like not, a, not, not the movies, high school musical with actually production values. Like you went to a theater and saw like juniors and seniors and freshmen singing these songs. Like it is painful, but it tells the story of Schmendrick who is a young sorcerer uh, who finds the last unicorn. They go on an adventure because she needs to find, she needs to see if she is the last one. There's a giant red bull that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid because it was just, it was huge. It was menacing. Um, So they get chased by that. Out of protecting her, Schmendrick turns her into a human girl. So they go to a castle. They meet this king and a prince. And it just, it is so weird. Uh, and again, no spoilers. This came in 1982. Was it animated, right? Yes, animated. Uh, the Red Bull chased all of the other unicorns into the sea, and they turned into narwhals. What? Like, it does not make any sense whatsoever. I get the connection between the unicorn and the okay, narwhal. Well, yes, I get, yeah, the, me too. I get the horn connection, but like... That's where narwhals came from. <laughs> just unicorns just turning into... Nar- like Technically, it's a tooth that comes out of their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you actually seen one in real life? Mm, yeah. Yeah, <sighs> off in the distance, though, they're very skittish. As you can imagine, an animal that has a very valuable piece of its body mm-hmm. is the, the the brave ones are killed years ago and mm. so the skittish ones live on they have kids and those kids are also skittish etc it's kind of like uh um otters okay otters were highly prized anyway go on <laughs> wow um no the brave ones are killed okay so and then the voice cast in this angela lansbury a lot of christopher lee alan arkin like they did some Jeff great Bridges. work but it is awful i mean and and it is on netflix like they just released on netflix so i was like all right let me let me go back and this is before i kind of had this idea for this episode i was like cool i remember liking this not even joking within the first five minutes i wanted to turn it off it has a super annoying song 
sung by like a, a fly, a bug to the unicorn. And it just gets worse from there. Like the music is just so bad. And the whole time I just kept thinking, this is a high school production. Yeah, real bad. Is this a movie you would have seen if you didn't have 12 sisters? Uh, yes. Okay. Actually, I saw this. Really? Uh, it was a I popular saw... movie. Yeah, it was popular. Kids. Um, I saw it on a family reunion <laughs> trip, I think. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it was probably rented or maybe it was on TV. And I'm watching it in like an old house. So when I see this, you know, Red Bull come out, super scary. But I still remember liking it. I remember enjoying it maybe because of the imagery like it was really really great animation and i loved and still love cartoons but yeah this is this is almost unwatchable which is unfortunate because it is a cult classic similar to almost all the other ones we were talking about like this you see this on t-shirts and everything i dare people to go back and listen to the music and be like yeah they did a good job shenanigans i say so yeah that was my ugly the last unicorn Mm-hmm. Who wants to go? I'll go. All right. Here we go. Uh, do you need a Rosetta Stone to figure out your hieroglyphics? No, I got this one I got. <laughs> From your drunk writing? I, this one I also watched, rewatched last night, and it was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is another movie, like I said, that I still like, but because it's, I like it because it's so weird and because it's so bad. It's like a good, bad movie. Mm-hmm. And. Oh, boy. She was digging, called... digging for a prop. Oh. The Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read you just a line <laughs> from the from the uh, cover. Okay. Vile, smelly, rude, ugly. Your favorite grime bandits come to life with all the farts, snot, and vomit you can take in this hilarious cult classic full of gross-out humor. So that's what you have to look forward uh-huh. to in this movie. Um, and... So it's based on, 1987 is when the movie came out, Mm -hmm. based on uh, the Garbage Pail Kids cards. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a Topps chewing gum production, in fact. (laughs) Wow. Right? Um, And That had to be the only Topps chewing gum production, (laughs) because they made baseball cards, football cards, everything else, but really... Like Topps... Okay. Well, and the weird thing is that they never made a cartoon version of this like as a show or yeah it should have been a cartoon it should have been a cartoon the dvd yeah i had i had and still have maybe 300 garbage field kid cards yeah oh it's live action it is live action and (laughs) what oh um so i'm gonna tell you there is a plot to this movie there is a plot and the plot is terrible okay so dodger is the main character he's a he's a real boy Mm -hmm. um he befriends Captain Manzini, who's this sort of drunken shop owner, elderly shop owner, who puts a spell on the Garbage Pail Kids to keep them in the garbage can. Mm-hmm. So Dodger <laughs> has a crush on this girl. He, so he's supposed to be like 14, but he looks like he's 11. Okay. He has a crush on Tangerine. Who looks about 30 from the right, trailer that I'm watching. <laughs> uh, a wannabe fashion designer who has this boyfriend called Juice. <laughs> And Juice is in this gang of thugs that are like really like they're supposed to be teenagers, I think, but they are just awful, horrible people who just really destructive. Hmm. And so so Juice and his buddies bully Dodger. At one point, they literally they they beat him up and they leave him in the sewer to die. 
Oh, great kids movie. Okay. And then at the at the same time, I think that they're robbing, they're trying to rob the shop or something and they knock over the garbage pail and they some green ooze spills out of it and then the 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 uh, garbage pail kids are released. So, okay, a sidebar. Um <clears throat> Okay, so the kids are in the like. <laughs> There's a spell put it, on them, so they're oh, okay, in the okay. yeah. So this is like the TARDIS, where it's bigger on the inside. This garbage pail is symbolic of a containment unit, right? Okay, right. There's right. magic involved. Trying, trying to follow. There's along. magic involved. You can't. <laughs> okay. There's no way you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's totally 80s. Tangerine looks like Rockstar Barbie. Like there's horrible <laughs> 80s mu- music during the entire. Gem and the holograms, very right. Mm-hmm. Like especially during the like fight scenes, there's just this terrible music playing. Uh, so so she makes clothes and she goes out and sells them at the clubs at night. Because that then, is what you do. That is what you want to do when you go out to the club. Right, that's how you become famous. Uh, a famous fashion designer is you make clothes and then sell them at the clubs. Hmm. Uh, and then Juice takes all the money she makes. Uh, Juice is a total. Just he's a jerk. jerk. He is a jerk. Um, but then Tangerine manipulates Dodger into getting the uh, the garbage. I keep wanting to call them Cabbage Patch Kids. The garbage well, pail kids. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so for those people who do not know. The Garbage Pail Kids are a twisted version of the Cabbage Patch dolls. Which mm-hmm. were hugely popular. Hugely popular. In probably 1986. Yeah. Uh, riots at Toys R Us in order mm-hmm. to get the last one uh-huh. for Christmas or else your daughter will be. They were they were popular for a very long time. Did I you have so... one? Oh, yeah. I had. Yes, I did. Adele was my... Mm. That was my Cabbage Patch. See, I was not... So I remember when Garbage Pill Kids came out. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember collecting... In 1989, when the first Batman movie came out, they came out with trading cards. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing those and Garbage Pill Kids cards. There was no way on this planet my parents were going to allow me to have these. So they were always taboo. And so as a kid, I just I stopped even thinking about them. And so Oh, this, they're awesome. You can oh, still buy them too. I, yeah, they're, I, I, they're still good. Yeah, they're still good. And if you like, you now you can Google image search and find any name that mm-hmm. they didn't actually make cards of. But if you could find a card of your name, it was a huge thrill. Wow. What is Carmen? They didn't make one, but mm. I have the one that I've seen online is cut up Carmen, and it's like a paper doll, uh, but she's cutting herself up okay. with a scissors. And these were <laughs> again, these were for kids. Like yeah, in the eighties, what were the parent like? What were the the companies thinking? The parents would be like, oh yeah, that my kid, my kids are fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like this is the wild. It's West. pretty tame. Let's be honest. It's tame, but like okay, they're gross, were, but they're not. They're not menacing do you remember the show uh you can't do that on television of course so i was forbidden to watch that after my parents heard one of the skits of one of the kids not showering and having to like cut off their underwear because they were just so gross so my parents forbid that so that and the garbage pill kids yeah not happening <laughs> so it was just it was never something i thought about and my friends would have them and i was like ew <laughs> Would, so, would you like to hear about some of the characters that are in the movie? I, I feel like I, I feel like I have to. <laughs> okay, Alligator. He's mm-hmm. an alligator, mm-hmm. and he has a thing with toes. Like he has a toe fetish, but he. <laughs> but he wants to eat toes. Like that's his thing. Human toes? 
Yeah, human toes. Okay, okay. Greaser Greg. <laughs> exactly what you imagine. He had sideburns and a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Valerie Vomit. Right. Enough said. Foul Phil uh, defeats his enemies by farting on them. <laughs> He's Foul Phil. Wow. Uh, Nat Nerd. Nat Nerd has super bad acne and glasses mm, and he okay. yeah and he mm-hmm. pees on himself all the time he oh, always wets okay. he always wets himself and then messy tessie um she is constantly producing snot that mm-hmm. runs out of her nose and then she uses it to her advantage advantage yeah <laughs> okay uses it. Uh, wow so steve you obviously remember these were you did you collect these did you yeah uh, wow yeah yeah buy them at the store because I was extremely rich as we've established. I mean, apparently. Yeah. Well, that was after you bought the store, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I got to ask Carmen, is this a movie that you loved as a kid? Did you enjoy it when you watched I, it? First? Yeah, I liked it as a kid. I thought it was creepy and cool and weird. Yeah. And yeah. What there's... is it? Sorry. What is it about the cards that they did not capture in the movie? You know, the cards were very popular. People loved them. And very vile. But well, they must have only... not captured. I've not seen the movie, but they must have not captured that essence there were only like six characters in the in the movie and there were tons and tons dozens of yeah of characters in the card or in the cards and um Hmm. yeah i don't know that they could just the plot is so weird like they (laughs) they they make a sweatshop Mm -hmm. so that they can start produce so tangerine manipulates dodger to have the kids make all these clothes for her in a sweatshop (laughs) And then she sells them, and then, like I said, Juice, her jerk boyfriend, mm-hmm. collects all the money. Um, Wait, sounds irredeemable the, the on main, every level. The <laughs> main fear that these, um, the main threat to the Garbage Pail Kids is that they will go to the state home for the ugly. The, oh, my god! And they actually get locked up, and their cells like prison cells Mm -hmm. and they're the labels on the cells are like too skinny too fat and santa claus is in this jail cell Uh. for too fat which would never be in a movie body shaming would not be in a kid's movie now like again the 80s was the wild west like the things that they got away with it is crazy well and one of those things is that there there are no parents around the only adult in the entire Mm. movie is the drunk shopkeeper who has befriended dodger (laughs) and um you know if you've so if you've watched stranger things stranger things Mm -hmm. is one of the things that i wanted to talk about today because it's so reminiscent of all of these 80s movies and 80s shows and one of the things is just like you know if you're a kid pre 9-11 america you just take your bike out and go out and play for the whole day and mm-hmm. your parents aren't like where have you been i've been so worried and my child was kidnapped it was just you know well, you come back when it got dark or whatever yeah. well like and i talked about that on a previous episode uh episode 24 uh with ryan berkeley we talked about how stranger things is what it looks like what we remember these movies looking like. Mm-hmm. It feels like what we remember those movies feeling like. Because as we have talked about this whole episode, a lot of times when you go back and you're like, wait, what? They, <laughs> they, they said this, they did this, it looked like this. But as a kid, it was the best thing ever. Stranger Things looks, feels, sounds it exactly like really we remember well. these things. So 
okay so garbage pill kids i have never seen this either um i am not sure if i want to uh spoiler alert uh mm-hmm. dodger does not get the girl at the end he what she's kind of sniffing around and it's interested and he says to her i don't think you're pretty anymore Ooh, burn. snap burn Put her wow. in a state home for the ugly. <laughs> Where she belongs. <laughs> and it's perfectly it's perfectly set up for a sequel. And no, no. sequel is Of course ever made. it did not happen. Not only that, the director of this movie, Rod Amato, this is the last film he ever directed. <laughs> Prior to this, he had done about eight. But um wow. Garbage Pail Kids is where it stopped. Yep. Yep. See, mm-hmm. I thought about doing an a episode failure like on that. every level. I'm actually going to write that down <laughs> of movies that killed careers. Yeah. So I'm writing nice. that down. Movies that <laughs> killed careers because this. Yeah. No wait. Oh, the only way that this could be good. Well, not good. <laughs> How long did he live after he directed this? Is he still alive? He's still alive. Ooh. Okay. He's that is. 79. He's still alive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Well, so, you know, go out and see it or don't see it. Doesn't matter. It's worth okay. skipping. So, so to top it off, Steve, your ugly movie, the movie that you saw recently, in quotes, mm-hmm. as an adult, adolescent, that does not hold up, that is really hard to watch if you were able to watch it again. Go. As your video game correspondent, mm, you know that... Uh, Video games are important to me, and they've mm-hmm. always been important growing up as well. Steve's only friend growing up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, Eric. In 1989, mm-hmm. there was a movie starring Fred Savage uh, yes. there were called many, The many. Wizard. <laughs> I was going to say, good call, Carmen. He was in all the movies. <laughs> yeah, The Wizard. So mm-hmm. this is pre-Wonder Years, I believe. Yes. And uh, The Wizard was as many people would call it now, a feature-length commercial mm-hmm. for Nintendo. Absolutely. Uh, just to sum up the plot, Fred Wizard, uh, Fred Wizard, <laughs> Fred Savage, mm-hmm. uh, has a younger brother who kind of has uh, some mental problems. He had a twin sister that drowned, and now mm-hmm. he always carries a lunchbox. He wants to go to California. And so uh, Fred Savage decides to help him uh, live his live his dream and go to California. Wait, wait, uh, live whose dream? The the younger brother. He doesn't speak oh, right. very much. He's sort of traumatized by this uh, trauma that he's experienced. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they hear about this video game tournament. And they discover through the magic of Double Dragon 2, which apparently is an arcade <laughs> game. I don't know. It yeah, had the... I remember playing Double Dragon in the arcade. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess they did have Nintendo games in arcades, mm-hmm. the Play Choice brand. Anyway, uh, they decide to go to California and compete in this video game tournament for mm-hmm. a $50,000 cash prize. Along the way, they meet the foil, which is Lucas, oh, who no. is just... a master video game player and demonstrates it by using... The power glove. Yes. I love the glove. Now, and he plays Rad Racer. Was this the introduction of the power glove? I don't believe so. I think the power glove came out before that. Because I, I, um, I remember it. Same with like the super scope. Well, Wikipedia says it came out in 1989, which is the same uh, same year that this movie came out. Hmm. So it is possible. But they bring it out in this suitcase and they open the suitcase. <laughs> and cuffed to a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and there really should have been steam coming out of mm-hmm. it as well. Uh, but he he puts it on and he uses it just like he was driving a steering wheel. And anyone who has used the power glove in real life realizes that it's the most awkward way yeah. to play a video game. Uh, you can play Punch Out with the power glove. Mm. 
badly, <laughs> you will lose. You have a left hook, and that is yeah. it. Thus beginning Nintendo's long history of creating peripherals that probably make it harder and less fun to play the actual mm-hmm. games than if you had the controller. The only difference, with, the only one that I think was a huge success was the nunchuck. Like the original, yeah. like bowling and everything, that works. Super scope, garbage. Yeah. Uh, power glove, garbage. The robot, the, the play pad, the one you'd run Ooh. on for track track and field. I, I liked that and... one. Who was the, what was the robot one? Uh, Rob, the robot. Oh, imagine yeah. that garbage, yeah. mm-hmm. garbage. Also, <laughs> yeah, you could play gyromite, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. So the wizard. <laughs> to continue on, uh, they they've met Lucas, mm-hmm. the master of all Nintendo. So they go to the thing, and uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, the parents and mm-hmm. the brother, played by Christian Slater and Bo Bridges. Oh. Bowbridge is obviously the father, mm-hmm. and they're trying to to find the kids. Uh, and there is a bounty hunter of sorts that is trying to find the, the kid hired by the sanitarium f- or sanatorium mm-hmm. from which Fred Savage sprung his brother. Uh, <laughs> okay, they get okay. So let me just finish it up. So mm-hmm. they get to Universal Studios. Plug, plug, plug. Mm-hmm. Universal Studios. Absolutely. And they play Ninja Gaiden, and they're really good. They get kidnapped, but then they're able to go back, and they reveal that the final game is Super Mario Brothers 3. Now, this was a huge, mm-hmm. mind-blowing moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. The three kids in the finals, of course, including Lucas and uh, Jimmy, who is the wizard, uh, play Super Mario Brothers 3. Jimmy finds the warp whistle, seemingly out of nowhere, mm-hmm. just receives a message on high that he should fly into this place that he has no business going, finds the warp whistle, scores a million points, mm-hmm. and wins. Uh, and, and then he's able to go and see the dinosaurs in um, in New Mexico, which is where he and his sister had good memories. You know, it's it's fine. It's a fine movie, but the ugly part of it is the director clearly misunderstands what makes video games exciting, which is not mm. watching them, <laughs> watching other people play them. Um, but, At least from that generation, because like these yeah. days, with some of the games, like I, I have watched Steve play video games yeah. because they are pretty. They have a great story. Yeah, but back then, mm. and and the focus was so much on points back then, right? Which is just such a boring thing it's like watching starcade i don't know if you watch starcade which they showed on g4 for a long mm-hmm. time and it's just oh, kids rest, playing rest 80s peace. video games and competing against each other for score and it really requires that announcer to keep the keep mm-hmm. things exciting you know hmm. now would this would you say as the uh i guess i can announce it here the official video game correspondent of about review oh, steve thank you. Oh, Carmen, um, that's a nice crown you gave me. Thank you. It yeah. fits nicely. Ah, uh, yes. Um, is this the precursor to things like we see with Dota and everything like these huge gaming tournaments where they're in arenas, they have announcers? Because I do not think that existed before this movie. It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe this was the first to uh, really Carmen, Carmen, show take the uh, crown off of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> take the crown. <laughs> this was the first to mm-hmm. show. A, well, actually, this coincided with a PAX precursor, so mm. a video game uh, convention precursor, which is basic was basically a Nintendo fan service, mm. concert, which I went to in 1990, oh just after this, with my friend Eric, and we played <laughs> Tetris, and we mm-hmm. played Super Mario Brothers 3, and it was mind-blowing. And they had a tournament, I don't know if there's okay. a very rare tournament cartridge that you can find that has 
Tetris and Rad Racer and I think Super Mario Brothers on it. And uh, it keeps track of your score and, and you go along. But it's just not great. It's mm-hmm. um, it's ugly because of my high hopes for it as a kid and yep. loving it as a kid, but watching it again and it's just boring and watching Bo Bridges play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the mm. original which is oh really it's just a broken game yeah. it's really impossible. broken uh, there's impossible jumps and mm-hmm. the, the, John know, did you see this movie really as a kid? Into, not as a kid this was another one you must have saw it on VHS or something like right? I remember I think I saw it at a sleepover you know mm-hmm. at one point because this is definitely same with Short Circuit I saw I saw Short Circuit the first time at a sleepover because again back then the parents were like cool here's a vhs stop go, bothering go us entertain yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. so i i think i saw it but honestly i do not have attachments to it i never saw it ever one mm. of the most unbelievable aspects is they're able to get out to california mm-hmm. by hustling old businessmen who are Ugh. playing <laughs> do not these like where this is going <laughs> nintendo games on arcade machines in the middle of nowhere at cafes in mm-hmm. you know in the southwest desert they're just hanging what? out there yeah yeah so a couple of businessmen trying to become masters of donkey kong or yeah, something yeah yeah yes they're there playing this arcade game and fred savage says well you know my brother could beat you how about we put 200 uh, bucks on it and they go 200 <laughs> a child <laughs> that's mm-hmm. insane and of course jimmy the kid destroys them at whatever game christian it is. Slater. So wait, is fred- christian slater is the, the brother is he the older brother that's oh. trying to find them? Uh, Jimmy is the younger brother. He's like eleven so who, years so old. So who plays the younger brother? Yeah, anybody? Oh, the three brothers are Jimmy, Toby Fred Ma- Savage. It was Tobey Maguire's first movie. I saw that on your what? Tobey Maguire's Ooh, first movie. Is Carmen about to? Trump oh, it was his... Tobey Maguire's wow. first movie. Is he the little brother? Tobey Maguire. He's oh he is or is he no, one of the antagonists? Luke, Luke Lucas's goon. He's Ooh. he's uh, one of the foils mm. goons at the video Armageddon. So he may Luke not even have had a speaking role, okay. honestly, Harmon. But uh, wow, very astute wow. though. No, no, I just saw it on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know anything. So wait, I don't use Wikipedia. By the so way, this is how the, the budget was two million dollars <laughs> and it grossed fourteen million dollars. Huh, not too shabby. Or sorry, no, estimated six million budget. So. It made more than twice of uh, of what it set out to do. Okay. And how much did Nintendo make after right. this movie? But you know the thing a is, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Three is a legitimately incredible game. Agreed. One of the best for that. Totally agree. Series. So mm-hmm. for for our generation, you know, honestly. if they had come out with something terrible, then it would be even worse. But Carmen, like you, I still love the movie to a certain degree because it addressed something that, as a child, I really had a lot of passion for. Mm-hmm. So. Now, yeah. does Fred Savage, is he the one that plays in the tournament or is it his brother? His brother. So Fred Savage, the big star, does not win? Like he is the he is the one like pushing his brother to win the competition or does he even play? No, he doesn't play. Oh. Jimmy, his younger brother, who doesn't okay. speak very much. I mean, Fred Savage is making everything happen. Gotcha. And they meet a girl along the way of and course. that's of fred course. savage's winnie love cooper. interest <laughs> winnie cooper <laughs> i love winnie oh winnie. he doesn't love winnie yeah uh no uh the girl was jenny lewis oh, and right. jenny uh lewis. they meet her along the way and wait jenny lewis from rabbit fur coat and what she's the indie rock star <laughs> Steve, I thought you never used Wikipedia. Rylan what, what you doing over She's here? She's part of Rylan. I didn't know that was the same Jenny Lewis. Oh, wow. 
hey, we all learned something together. <laughs> you know Riley, Riley Kylie, yeah. and Jenny Lewis. I didn't know it was the same Jenny Lewis. Okay. Well, this has been a momentous day. I was right. like, yeah, okay. Well, now yeah. I have to see this movie. Yeah. No, I probably mm. won't. It's, it's 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 honestly not that bad, but your <laughs> your expectations your right. expectations as a child that you're going to have this amazing video game experience mm-hmm. and uh, it just seems fake. A lot of it just seems fake and forced. Yeah. That's all I With, have to say. Okay, so another question as the as the unofficial video game representative of About to Review. I can be replaced uh, anytime. <laughs> at any time. Do you think without this movie, any of us who played Super Mario Bros. 3 when it came out would have ever known about the Warp Whistle? Yeah. I mean, you have Nintendo Power. Didn't you just subscribe Ooh. to Nintendo Power? Uh, no. Again... <laughs> We were broke. Come on. I remember, cool. I remember. How would you ever know where the secrets are? I remember are? renting Nintendo Power from the school library yeah. and getting late fees on it because I lost it in my closet for like two months and my parents got really mad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. With the Nintendo Power, that Fun is a fact. point. Fun fact. The original cut of this movie was two and a half hours oh long. Oh my God. <laughs> According to interviews with the director, yeah, the original was two and a half hours long, really exploring Fred and Jenny Lewis's uh, love story more than the, the final cut. The final cut is how long? The final cut is 100 minutes. So, wow. so an hour 40. Hour 40. Yeah. yeah. They cut off an hour. Mm-hmm. That, is, mm-hmm. that is rough. Yeah. That is a lot of love and story. Block. <laughs> of teenage <laughs> romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, John, you said you had some honorable mentions. And I do. I can't wait to hear what they are. So my honorable mention for good, and I did not write notes on this, so I should have, but um, I can just look it up right now. I will not look up the year. <clears throat> One of you guys can. Willow. Mm-hmm. Willow is my honorable mention for good. I saw this movie again in the drive-in theater. Steve just did a thumbs down. You get out of here. <laughs> Carmen, take the crown that you had taken off of him previously <laughs> and step on it. Um, so Willow, I saw in the drive-in theater. This movie is magical. Like this movie is insanely quotable. Um, scary. Very, very scary. Very like scary. to this day, the scene towards the end when he drops the acorns into the moat and they turn into this dragon snake type monster is terrifying. But more terrifying than that was when the queen, and I forget her name, when uh, they're trying to invade the castle. And she says, uh, pigs, you're all pigs. And they start oh. morphing into these pigs. Like, holy crap. Like, that movie. So it was terrifying. The, the dogs were the, the was the part that really scared me as a kid. Uh, they, she's got these these evil dogs that... Are wearing fur coats or something? I don't know. <laughs> They're wearing some kind of furry costume that makes them even more terrifying. But they go into the towns of these, into Willow's town, and mm-hmm. just I don't know, shred everybody. Or... Yeah. So this, yeah, it's like a. It, so I haven't seen it in a while, but mm-hmm. it's like a Moses type story because mm. she's wants to kill all the the. The male babies, no female babies, female babies, yeah, female. because she doesn't mm-hmm. want somebody to take her crown, as a, as a queen witch or whatever she is. And mm-hmm. then Willow, uh, the the baby is put in a um, in a basket and mm-hmm. sent down the river. Yeah, the baby's name uh, Alora, Alora Al- Dannon. Right. I mean, this movie is adorable. Like it, ha- like talking about all these movies, the heart 
of this movie is tremendous. Uh, this was my introduction as a kid, of course, to Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. Mad Mardigan, one of the best uh, good slash bad guys. Right. He's of, great. Of any movie. Um, and of course, my introduction, because I was too young to really get it, um, Warwick Davis as mm-hmm. Willow. I would come to find out later, of course, he was in Star Wars as uh, Wicket, the Ewok. Um, but yeah, this movie is legitimately scary. Like to this day, the imagery that they put into this kid's movie is dark, is scary. The witch at one point in like this climactic battle, like she is an older lady and her skin is all taut, like terrifying, but fantastic. Like I could watch this movie right now and be completely satisfied. This is the first movie that I saw in the theaters Mm. and remembered. No, it's not the first movie I saw in the theaters, but it's the first movie that I saw in the theaters and remember thinking to myself, this is not a good movie. What? I was really frustrated by the fact that the child was stolen and Mm -hmm. they got it back and then the child was stolen again and they got it back. While you were taking a pee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't dig it. I love this movie. (laughs) Still, still not on board. But uh, okay, okay. Reasonable people can disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was my honorable, honorable mention. <laughs> you guys shut up. <laughs> that was my honorable mention for good. Do you guys have any honorable mentions? Because I have one other one. No, SD? I I wrote a bunch of movies down just when I was brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like you was not mm-hmm. a rich kid a spoiled rich kid <laughs> like steve right mm-hmm. so a lot of my movie watching as <laughs> as a young kid was um from saturday morning television oh i should mention steve is wearing a full top right now <laughs> it's, it, it's gold it's right. made of gold continue um so flight of the navigator was like one of my <sighs> all-time Great favorites mm-hmm. and I, it's so hard to find i i've yep. not been able to find it now as an adult um, so I haven't seen it as an adult. And mm-hmm. what did you hate? Flight of the Navigator? No, no, I love it that had movie. to do with it's video great. games. It's great. How could you? Oh no, no, wait. Well, Starfighter. You think of Starfighter? I don't like that movie. No, no. Okay, good. not good. Flight of the Navigator. Okay, was Flight of the Navigator. Savage? Was he in that mm-hmm. also? Uh, no, no was, I don't um, think he was in that one. Let me pull it up. <laughs> but um, Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. Okay. And Flight yeah, it was great. Like they in the spaceship. There's all these creatures. Creatures are all super interesting. They go on this adventure. It's sort of like a... I like the movies that are kind of a mind trip where it's like, was he just crazy the mm-hmm. whole time or was it real? So I like that kind the of... The ship design in this. Here, the, I'm putting this on wax. The ship design for this, I think, had to be the basis for the T-1000 and Terminator 2. Because remember, it had like that like weird liquid... Right. It was clear liquid. It was not silver like T-1000. But, like, he would go up to it and it would kind of, like, morph into the stairs. Mm-hmm. It would walk up it. Yeah. yeah. Loved um, that movie. The alien that ate his hat was really scary. Uh, I remember... <laughs> do you remember that scene? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I remember... Well, it was one of the creatures that was in the... Yeah, and it, like, grabs his hat and it eats it. And one of the uh, one of the voices or one of the aliens, like, tells him, like, don't go too near to that. Because of that... When the we spaceship were, talks to him. Yeah. Uh, voiced by, I think, like, Paul Rubens? It says Max voice as Paul Mall, maybe, maybe not. Um, But Paul Rubens was a voice. But because of that scene on field trips, when we would go to the zoo and we would go to like the, the exhibit where they would have stuff in glass cages with lizards. That was the first thing that went through my head. 
Was is oh. something going to come out and grab me? Interesting. So yeah, Flight of the Navigator, great choice. Uh, so that was one that I saw on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Little Monsters, of course, d- definitely mm. Fred Savage. Yep. Um, Mouse and the Motorcycle, <laughs> also Fred Savage. <laughs> that movie was showed. Kid. That movie was on. I'm gonna say every single Saturday morning. Hmm. The Mouse and the Motorcycle. Let me look that up real quick. I was oh gonna say <laughs> maybe it was on in your house. The Mouse and. And then Pollyanna was the other one. Ugh. <laughs> one of my sisters. I didn't say I loved it. I just said it was on TV a lot. <laughs> one of my sisters really like. She had all of the Anna Green Gables books and all of that. So just like. Mm. Yeah. One movie that I haven't seen for a long time that I want to rewatch. I remember having good memories of it. Cl- Cloak and Dagger. Did you ever see Cloak and Dagger? I saw that recently wow. for Which, the first time. Mm-hmm. And I believe it has a video game tie-in, if I'm remembering it right. But I remember no, the it had a board game. Board game. There okay. was a board game. Okay. Uh, that that movie, I remember liking a lot. I mean, it's a child. Right? There's a lot Help of me murder out. in that movie. It's <laughs> oh, great. It's the, the thing that you love in movies. Yeah. Um, yep, it's a child. Spy adventure film. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now because I have no memories of this whatsoever. Um, I remember the comic book. So there's uh, some kind of device that they're after that he has, or a disc. It's a disc that he mm-hmm. has. And they're these, I don't know, what are they? Russian spies or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the 80s. Of course, they're Russian spies. Right. What and, is wrong with you? Oh, yeah, it was a video game. That's right. And so mm-hmm. this disc has important information that they want some kind of code and mm. yeah no there's a lot of murder in this movie it's very oh that's the kid from flight of the navigator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh okay. yeah same kid interesting i still yeah wow I... that guy is nerdy <laughs> you guys got to check out the cloak and dagger trailer it's... on board or online on board. I, I, <laughs> on board. I recommend I the movie. ship half the time what do you i want recommend from me? the movie it is it's i recommend... pretty good as an adult i recommend the comics uh cloak and dagger it was a really cool series uh, based, yeah, it started in the 80s. Anyway, um, okay. Just watching this trailer makes me think about Stranger Things and how mm-hmm. much they nailed mm. it. I mean, the first movies that come to mind when watching Stranger Things is E.T. Right. and mm-hmm. The Goonies. Sorry, but... Uh, <laughs> but You are forgiven. <laughs> but they really nailed the look. I mean, this kid in Flight of the Navigator and Cloak and Dagger looks like the kids from Stranger Things. Exactly. I don't know how Haircut, they the... they put it in a bottle and they just nailed Strange, it. There's I mean, got to yeah. be some kind of filter to Stranger <laughs> yeah. Things that looks like an 80s. A little I, bit I, of grain. I cannot yeah. describe. Like Stranger Things will go down. And again, we, we have yet to see season two and whatever they do yeah. with it. Season one of Stranger Things, I will go on record. It is without doubt one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Of all time, yeah. Like, no, it was it great. It was from the intro like the song like as when the title card is coming in and has that grain like you would have on a vhs tape mm-hmm. and you were waiting for like the auto tracking thing to pop up like you used to when we were kids mm-hmm. that show i mean i could go on about that show and i did on episode 24 <laughs> the show is beautiful mm-hmm. um so my last honorable mention is for ugly um and this one <laughs> You do it right over there, Carmen. Yeah, uh, can't wait to hear. I it. like that you chose an so, ugly one as your. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's hear it. This one I saw as a kid and never really liked it. It was not one that I disliked, but just never really connected to it as much as the other kids. I cannot watch it again because it is terrible, and I'm going to get a bunch of crap. The Goonies. I do not like. 
The Goonies. Yeah. Can we do a whole episode on the Goonies? Because I have a lot to say about the Goonies. Sure. Yeah. Why not? It's just like it's I, super I lived... racist. It's super sexist. Yeah. It's... How is it racist? Think, it is the think 80s. about it. Think, think oh, about it for, because all of, the characters are stereotypes yeah. of their everything, yeah. right? Um, and this is something where, like, I lived in Oregon for a while, a couple of a couple hours away from where this was filmed and where it took place. Like, and so everybody loves this movie, and I just I do not. It is one of the classics, quote unquote, for our generation mm-hmm. that I just I cannot get behind. I never had an attachment to it as a kid tried watching it as an adult and i was like this is garbage like i just yeah it is my my ugly it was going to be my other one but i decided to do last unicorn because it is on netflix right now you can watch Mm -hmm. last unicorn i dare you (laughs) to watch last last unicorn beginning to end and listen to the songs and try not to yeah rip your ears off i feel the same way about goonies i didn't like it as a kid don't like it as an adult um nice I well for one thing it's a very boy movie and mm. in the 80s there were you know it was a boy movie or yeah. a girl movie and they mm-hmm. made a lot of boy movies that just they don't have any good female characters at all mm-hmm. um yeah it's so uh, nothing to connect with uh, like you know even the the adventure aspect cool but I didn't really get it yeah like what all the fuss was about still don't get it totally makes sense yeah I agree Cool. Uh, so I think, unless... No, Steve does not have any honorable mentions. He's just watching videos now <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> no, I mentioned Cloak and Dagger. I think Cloak, Cloak and Dagger is a good one. Oh, okay. There we go. See mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I think that about wraps it up for this Nostalgia Filter movie edition. Uh, because I, I think we could definitely do a couple of these with other video games. Because we did mention a couple on this episode, but there are plenty more. We could do this with TV shows, music... <laughs> So, Nostalgia Filter Movie Edition. Uh, quick recap. Uh, how about we just go around and give our good movies? Carmen, go ahead. Your good was? Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Secret of Nim. And mine was The Dark Crystal. Uh, my bad movie was Short Circuit. The Transformers animated movie. Return to Oz. Yep. And I got to watch that again. I Yeah. And Please Ugly, do. Carmen. Uh, the Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. <laughs> right, Steve? I can't beat Carmen by the, the wizard. Yep. And my ugly was The Last Unicorn. <laughs> so if you dare, <laughs> go ahead, find some of these movies, <clears throat> check them out, uh, but with trepidation because your childhood might be ruined. I'm going to make a movie called The Ugliest Unicorn. <laughs> okay. I actually, there, there's it. a unicorn horn right over there if you want to wear it. Do not ask me why I have an inflatable unicorn horn within arm's reach. Uh, but anyway, cool. So for this episode, uh, first of all, thank you both for, for being here. Willow thank sucks. You. I, oh, you son of a... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, tell people where they can find you sailing the seven seas all around the world, you big jerk. And if you see a narwhal in real life. They're skittish. Ugh. It might be a unicorn. It, it just might be. <laughs> a swimming <laughs> unicorn. A swimming. Surrounded by ice. Sing a terrible song to it, like in the movie. But yeah, so where can people find you online? Where can people find your work? 
Go for it. Only follow me if you agree with my assessment of Willow. <laughs> um, and if you do, you can find me on Instagram at Stand Inside, on Twitter at Steve Blog, or you can watch my fantastic travel videos on StandInsideMedia.com. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Carmen, we'll not have to go into your. No, social, you don't want to find me. Media. You don't want to find me. <laughs> if you find Carmen in the streets, you know. She's not on Twitter. I'll be at guys. the bar drinking tequila. Oh, there you go. Uh, excellent. So for this podcast, uh, you can find it on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at about to review. Uh, on iTunes, you can find it there as well. You can stream the episodes directly from the website abouttoreview.com. I always appreciate likes and thumbs up and stars. So that would be great if you could do that and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, also, if you go on patreon.com, uh, you can help keep the lights on of this on-air sign that I have on the table right now. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash about to review and pitch in a dollar if you want to. And it keeps the lights on. I really appreciate it. In all seriousness, John, mm-hmm. thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. You, you guys are yeah, great. It's been a walk down memory lane. <laughs> a walk, a stumble, a run away from some of these movies down memory lane. So great. So I have been your host, that guy named John. I've been Steve, this guy named Steve. And I'm still Carmen. Still Carmen. Ooh, get that Twitter handle. Yeah. Still Carmen. Get it. And we will Trademark. And we will see you next time. This has been an About to Review production. Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. You can find them at their website, vexingmedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter at Vexing Media.